So this is a legal insert. Uh, so while editing this podcast from last night and sort of spilling over into this morning, in the middle, I received an email from a previous podcast guest, uh, Pastor Melanie, and essentially it was with the suggestion that maybe I should have something that says the views expressed in the interviews are not necessarily those of our rapture, maybe those of the host, those of the pro-life team podcast. Um, and so I think that's very timely. And I feel like God's fingerprints were on this email because I was literally working on an episode where it's a pro-choice person and a pro-life person engaging in dialogue and conversation. Um, and so obviously, um, irish.com does not share um the beliefs uh of you know of this pro-choice side and so here i am adding in the uh, disclaimer text to say yeah some of the views expressed in this podcast um, do not reflect upon the host or the sponsor or the um, organizations and companies that make it so that we can, uh, that this podcast can take place. And so, um, yeah, without further ado, let's hear the podcast. Welcome to the pro-life team podcast. I'm here with Ron Brown and we're going to be talking about pro-life and pro-choice arguments. This, this show will also be posted on Ron's YouTube channel, as well as the pro-life team, uh, podcast, uh, channel. And so I hope that you find this in interesting and please comment as you have thoughts and things for us to discuss next time we talk. Uh, yeah, well, so the, yeah, like, like I, I kind of pitched this to you, right? Yeah. And because it's like I've been thinking lately that it's so important to be able to have friends who disagree with you um, because it's like it, you're pro-life and I'm pro-choice, right? So like you might follow different strands of information than I follow and vice versa. And so I may like, it's like on my side of things, like I'm probably seeing my side at its best and your side at its worst, my side at its smartest yours at its most ridiculous. And you're seeing the exact opposite. You know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah. Because I, a lot of us, yeah, I can, I can totally imagine how that would play out. Yeah. And I, cause I'm always forgiving my side ridiculousness because yeah. I know that there's something better and then, and I'm probably holding on to the, the ridiculousness of yeah. the other side's worst because that helps support my yeah. viewpoint. Well, and it's, yeah, so it's like, is there some confirmation bias? And then in psychology, they have this thing called the fundamental attribution error, which basically means when you or someone you like does something well, you attribute it to their character. But when they do something poorly, you're more likely to blame it on their circumstances. But when someone on the other side does something good, you might ignore it or just minimize it like, oh, broken clock theory or, you know, they only did it because somebody was watching them. But if they screw up, evil, <laughs> right? And so, but yeah, like, so the idea was that it's like, I think a good thing with us is like, like you and I, we each knew we were on opposite sides of this right away. Like, we'll like soon on. And but, but I wouldn't I, just a uh, fact. Yeah, I wouldn't say complete opposite. True, because like if uh, if let's say um, we have positive ten all the way to negative ten, right? And let's right. say one of those sides is 
uh, pro-life all the way to pro-choice. Right, right, right. I would put you closer to like, let's say on that scale, um, more of like about a three on your side uh, past zero. That would yeah. So I'm definitely pro-choice, but I'm not like like well, it's like I showed you that article I once put up on a Reddit group where it's like all the things that people on my side do that are embarrassing me, and one of them is assuming that people like you must hate women. But yeah, so the idea is that we have this relationship that goes way beyond this one particular area of not full of disagreement. And, you know, we're a part of a wonderful church where we're filming from right here. So we have a vested interest in maintaining harmony in the church and harmony with each other. And I think because we know each other in this community, we know each other in 17 other ways other than this disagreement. And so while we may disagree with each other on this thing, it's like each one of us has seen the other be a good person in many other contexts. And so we can't easily write each other off as bad people or stupid, and nor do we want to. But compare that to if we, if you and I were just anonymous people on the internet uh, hiding behind our keyboards, it's like the only way we know each other is this disagreement right now. Yeah, there wouldn't be any uh, rapport or yeah. relationship to lean on to, right. to navigate and, and I think it's important for people to, when they're talking, to you know, to include common ground yeah. and not to focus only on the differences because that just simply creates a battlefield more so than like a communication yeah. of back and forth. Right, right. right. Um, it's also interesting that, uh, you know, you've, you've gone through some a lot of changes in the past eight to ten months or when did you when did you, uh, yeah, t- can you give us like the snapshot of uh, your, your, your journey, your Ro- yo, your <laughs> road to Damascus journey. Yeah, it was one of those. Uh, I started uh, coming to this church like last July as an atheist just because I wanted community. And, you know, I learned from people like Jordan Peterson. There's a lot of wisdom in the Bible and Christian practices. And not all of it requires you to believe in God to see the value. So I came for those reasons. And then, you know, I won't go into detail, but I, you know, I met a girl here and uh, we were dating for a few months. And, and she broke up with me saying that it was because she couldn't get past the atheism. And so I said I'd look into it seriously. I didn't think my mind was going to change, and I wasn't going to pretend if it didn't. Um, and I, th- I thought the odds were awful. Like, I used to be an atheist activist. I'm very intellectual. It's not like I've never had 35,000 of these conversations before. And it's like, what are the odds I'm going to hear a new argument tomorrow that I haven't heard in the last 17 years? Well, I did, and it literally was tomorrow. but yeah basically just to like to nutshell it uh my best friend uh one of my best friends were growing up he had become a christian several years ago he was a scientific rationalist just as i am he told me that the more he read about uh christianity and the relevant history the more he couldn't not believe on rational grounds and the big thing was he showed me the old testament prophecies of the uh birth life death resurrection of christ and like, he just showed me, like, in every way that you want to dismiss this, it doesn't work well. Like, what, the Jewish people, they're going to let you re-edit their Torah to make them look wrong? Like, that's off. Like, are the guards going to, like, pull a reverse Epstein and fall asleep in the job so Jesus can come back to life? Well, that probably would have got them killed. Uh, like, any way you look at it, that's kind of what made me think, this is a reasonable faith. Am I certain? It? No. But before I used to think it was just a vacuous faith, now I think it's a reasonable faith. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a good backstory to what brought us to this point of this podcast. So, um, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first with presenting an argument? Like, I could present an argument for 
why I think abortion is wrong or yeah, yeah. unacceptable, or would you like to go first for why you would present it as... What about this? What if we... We'll do that. Or we could, we could summarize our current, maybe, stances. How about this? What if I try and make your case for you as well as I possibly can, and you try and make my case for me as well as you can? That would be hard for me because I, I, I actually... I've never tried to argue the pro-choice side legitimately, and so I'm, I'm sort of... That might be... I, I, I would probably be... I would probably spout off some false beliefs that's okay. I don't really believe in. Oh, no. Okay, well, just like, <laughs> you know, pretend we're in debate class. Okay. You've been assigned, you know, you don't have to agree with it, but you have to defend it. And I, and me okay. too. I'll, want me to go first? Sure. Okay, so my verse, like, it's going to be relatively quick okay. uh, for me. Um, Like, one, you could go the religious route. Like, you can certainly cite verses in the Bible, like, you know, thou shall not kill. um, And that will uh, impress a lot of people. Um, I personally don't want to lean on those kind of arguments. You know, we live in a country of separation of church and state. I like the way Sam Harris put, or sorry, uh, Ben Shapiro puts it, where he says when he, even if his position is religiously informed as him being an Orthodox Jew, he will never make the policy arguments with, by invoking the text, because he realizes that a lot of Americans do not accept his text as being authoritative. So he will always put it in secular terms. And then further, there's other religions who have different views on abortion. Um, so why prioritize one over others? So what I will do, but like, so secularizing the argument, I think your position can be summarized in an understandable way very easily. You should not kill human life. This is a human life. Don't kill it. Or should, let me rephrase that. You should not kill innocent human life. This is innocent human life. Don't kill it. The syllogism is just completely straightforward. Yeah. And I, I would say... The pro-choice argument might be, um, that, yeah, I, I, I would imagine someone thinking maybe God doesn't exist, and therefore um, there is no moral compass to 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 make decisions based off of. So I'm going to make decisions however I want. Um, but I'm I'm sort of new at trying to argue the pro-choice side. <laughs> Interesting idea. Um, but I would th- I would think it would be a matter of removing, yeah, removing the moral, in the morality of how you know if, if you if you were to say I don't believe in the Bible if I yeah you know, if I said I don't believe in the Bible yeah I don't believe in God, and that would support me doing you know where's the moral compass come from and so therefore for people who don't believe in God um. I, I still think that, yeah, I, I'm seeing all sorts of holes in my arguments, and so it's actually really hard to argue for the opposite of what I really believe and think. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and an atheist would say, too, about, yeah, I know that because I was one, <laughs> um, and I still have a lot of sympathy for this argument, which is that we don't get our values from the Bible. When we read the Bible, like, we already have a certain set of values, and that's why we hyperemphasize certain verses and explain away a whole bunch of others. You know, it's like we're cherry picking our way through. Um, but yeah, well, do you, so do you want to like a, um, do you want to add it? So I, I made the best case I could for your side. Is there anything you'd add to that? Like, and is there any way you could have made it even better than I, than I did? So I would say I would actually add back in, even though Ben Shapiro leaves it out to be, have that secular, I would actually say um, the reason why abortion is wrong is because there is the, you know, the, I would say it's founded in the truth and the truth, you know, the, the Bible is an ultimate source of like ancient law or ancient truth that's been around for a long time. And, and 
and it says in the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not kill, which is right. directly, yeah, very clearly speaking to abortion along with other killing. Uh, it also, I believe that um, a, a each person is made in the image of God, and that's also coming from biblical text. And so the reason why someone should not, you know, why, why abortion is wrong is because the child who is in the womb and being threatened is made in the image of God, which gives them value. And in the Bible also says thou shalt not kill, which is a direct commandment from, from God brought down from, yeah, on the 10 commandments. So I, I get that, but I guess that we start getting into things like tyranny of the majority. So this is a country that is technically, it's a country of separation of church and state, but it's also a country that's majority Christian. Right. And so let's say like a Christian majority agrees on something like if it's just a straight democratic vote for the policy, then it's there. You're going to have a tyranny of the majority kind of situation. And I, I th that's I think one of the that, that's what the, um, the the Bill of Rights and the, you know, all, all the Constitution are all about protecting against like those kind of things. Like so like, you know, everyone is granted free speech, for example, uh, you know, no establishment of, re of one religion is being authoritative. And so it's like, even though I get like that, like you have your position and it's informed by your religion, right? But I, I'm very nervous about applying one person's religious beliefs, like enforcing them on others. It's kind of like you wouldn't want like, like if, if, if Muslims uh, started like becoming very like, um, like common in Tucson and like city ordinance were put in place that reflected Islamic law. Like I, I imagine you don't want to have to follow the rules of a religion that you don't subscribe to. Um, well, but yeah, I, I probably, yeah, I don't think I'd want to follow the religious rules of a religious religion. I don't subscribe to, but when it comes to, you know, not killing, that's, that's also been established. That's established law. And I don't think anyone is saying we should we should you know overturn that law and make and make killing people um or murder making homicide yeah. um legal i don't hear anyone arguing that we should make homicide legals i don't think that that's really an issue here yeah so that's where i'm most comfortable with your argument so like that what everything you just said it was 100 percent secular okay right? so like, like like to me like that's like great yeah <laughs> but as a person yeah as a person who could run for political office or as a person who has ideas um, the, you know, my beliefs are weaved into yeah my thoughts and my, oh. my my position, and so for me, um, I can say this is why I believe things. Yeah, and it's not really up to me to figure out why someone else, right, should you know believe that, but at least for myself, I can say it's because of religious text is very important to you. Yeah, no, it's it's a tough one too, right? Because it, it's like. In a way, it's like it's a democracy. Who cares why you want something? If you want something, you vote for it, right? Um, but then you get into the civil liberties things, tyranny, majority. It's very murky, very messy. Yeah. But um, yeah. Well, so how about I'll um return the favor? Also, I'll, I'll kind of um, I'll give you the why I am pro-choice. Okay. So there's there's a few things. Um, one, I guess the biggest thing is that a fetus, for all we can tell, is not conscious. And maybe at a certain point it becomes conscious, uh, and so and and so maybe it might even feel the pain of the abortion very briefly, and maybe not even at all. Like at a certain point, definitely, almost definitely not at all, 
right? So there's that set of priorities, right? Um, but then there's also, it's like the mother has to carry this uh, fetus for nine months. Um, like, and under no under circumstances do we let someone else, like, basically commandeer our body and its resources. So, um, actually, I can even think of a counter argument to that. Actually, it's the thing is, not only do some pro life people not like me very much, but some pro choice people don't either. And it's because I actually, like, will often argue in favor of the man's right to have a financial abortion because why should she have the ability to forego responsibility and not he? Um, and then some, it's so funny. It's like sometimes they'll respond back to me by saying, if he, if he couldn't handle the consequences, he should have kept it in his pants. It's like, oh, I didn't know you were pro-life. When did that happen? <laughs> I've had that happen so many times. Um, well, let me, let me, yeah. I'll respond to that one. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to all of these things, like not being conscious, you know, have, yeah. or maybe not being aware of their surroundings or whether they feel pain or not, I would just say, essentially, we're talking about someone at the very beginning of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't had a birthday yet. They're they're currently still in the womb. They're they're growing. Maybe their heart's fully developed. And for many people, the brain is not fully developed until 25 or 28. But they're, you know, most of the organs are not fully developed until they're, you know, at some point. But then we, all that to say is, if we were to walk out a, a toddler mm-hmm. who was also not able to feel pain or right, pain right. or not aware of their surroundings or they're aware of their surroundings um, or that causes their mom lots of sleepless nights or, you know, they're having to do they're doing temper tantrums. I don't think anyone would argue that it's okay to kill the, the, the toddler who would have the same exact, you know, like scenarios perhaps. Well, well, I think in order to make this more equivalent, like it's almost the like toddler the, would basically have to be in a coma. Like it'd be like the Terry Schiavo situation or something, you know, because if the toddler is actually out and moving around and doing things. But if you think about it, Toddlers' brains are only two years old. They have 26 more years to develop until their brain is right. developed. And so for them to not understand, like mm-hmm. they, they have yeah. much greater understanding than, let's say, a six-week-old. Like, obviously, a much greater understanding. Their brain is two years more developed. Right. Um, however, I don't think how much someone knows should dictate, you know, it, it being okay to kill them. Like, if you mm-hmm. compare a toddler to a 21 year old mm-hmm. you know the 21 year old would normally be more aware would mm-hmm. would un, we would probably feel more pain in different yeah. parts of their body um i don't think i don't think you know how much pain someone feels or how much aware how aware how much awareness they have mm-hmm. would say it's okay for us to you know in the case of homicide we're not going to investigate the toddler being killed well i guess it's, so it's like you know a lot of times you ever notice when you're making these arguments like it's like you have your starting position and then you find arguments for it second like like i i do that and I, but i try and be honest yeah. about it right well, but uh my starting point is walk out the toddler compared to yeah. the you know the preborn uh, child who well yeah okay so the the toddler though is sentient right so that's a difference, right? Uh, and so if, if that was illegal, then we would set the precedent that it is okay to kill innocent sentient agents. Whereas if it's a fetus, we don't have to believe that it's sentient. Like, you know, especially in most abortions are, are performed rather early, right? So they're not like anywhere close to the 26, 26, 8, 28. Like some of them happen then, but like the over, I think it's like 90% or something happened by, I think 12 weeks, something. Ri- well, there. even if it happens, let's say, you know, 
moments after conception. And we're talking about could be as small as a single cell organism at that point. Like, you know, and it, and it doubles and it, you know, doubles again. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say we're, you know, all the way back. I mean, essentially that that's a new life, a new person, a new DNA that's been created and it's going forward unless you stop it, which is what killing yeah, is, right? Of stopping, yes, prematurely stopping it or ending it, right? And and if you don't stop it, then it will continue mm-hmm. into a person who could then create yeah. generations of. And then, like an atheist pro-choice person might respond to that by saying that, um, you know, like a sizable percentage of conceived, uh, of conceptions end in like. Uh, miscarriages and so that would make god the most prolific abortionist of all time and they would say that um and um they would also like say it's like well since like Mm -hmm. fetuses frequently don't make it but i guess the response is nobody gets like people get upset if a if a tree blows over and crushes your car but it's not the same thing as if if some person goes and just starts smashing it up with a baseball bat like, you can't punish the wind. It wouldn't do anything. <laughs> but you certainly can deter people from smashing up people's car by throwing them in jail for it. Yes, I think it was... I remember watching, listening to an episode by Jordan Peterson who was talking about the difference between evil and... Um, what was the other word? Essentially, like, the difference between, like, a volcano yeah. ruining a city right. compared to a um, someone who intentionally yeah. ruin a city through That's suicide or something exactly so the, there's a difference between uh tragedy yeah. and evil yeah. so like so a miscarriage would be tragic yes but it wasn't caused mm-hmm. by a person with an intentional action yeah and so that's whereas if someone intentionally ends the life of a mm-hmm. child then that would be in the lines of evil yeah. compared to it happening based on that right. based on nature, then that would be more like tragic but not necessarily yeah. evil. Yeah, volcanoes aren't sentient. The person setting off the bomb is. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. so that was one part of the sentience. It wasn't everything though. Um there was also um that they're not part of any social relationships yet, right? So, And nor do they have any life plans. So it's not like you're ruining the plans, their big vision for their future. They don't have it. It's not like you're taking them away from the uh, people they have relationships with. They are like eight months away or six months away from having their first relationship, right? So it's not going to be disrupting relationships. And so in a lot of ways, the idea is... It's- but it's sort of it's completely disrupting relationships because they're not even going to have the opportunity to create plan right no of course yeah execute yeah well so for other people's relationships with the baby it's that they might a pro-choice person would say a woman is not responsible for ensuring that you can have a relationship with her baby like that's not her duty if she doesn't want it to be Uh, that that they could say that um but I, i guess another thing is that basically it's like in this case the primary victim is the aborted fetus who is a part of no social relationships. And so there's, well, that's one thing. Uh, they, they they will feel little or absolutely no pain, but, and none of their, they have no future plans, you know, um, to disrupt. I think these, a lot of these things, they block the setting of a dangerous precedent. They can move on to people that are beyond the birth. Um, but I would also say too, is like, okay, so, but let's look at the other side. 
right? If you're like a, a young uh, mother or a couple, and oftentimes the guy just screws off, and so often it is her just by herself. Maybe she's 17 or 18, not ready for this kid, um, can't afford, and, you know, we live in a society that's very fragmented. Families are smaller. People, though they don't participate in great communities like ours, so they might feel and actually be relatively alone. Like, that's going to really just alter the course of the mother's life amazingly like like and and it could be bad it could be good but it could be very bad yeah and, and then how and then like the you know like the people around her who now have to kind of like jump in to help her out because it's such a big challenge there's the uh the guy if he is involved you know is he paying child support all that kind of stuff and and then also it's like what kind of it's not a good idea, I don't think. All else equal, it's better for parents to want the child and be excited to have them than for them not to. Yeah, but I for like, did. again, I think it's based off of size, placement, you know, the fact that they're small inside the womb, we're, we're somehow treating them as a different, treating them differently than if they were to be outside the womb yes. and slightly larger. And, and so... When it comes to that mom, you know, thinking, you know, how, who are we to say that she shouldn't be able to, well, have one less financial burden by having a child? I, I would, I would just say we wouldn't apply that to a toddler. We wouldn't, but we wouldn't apply that to, we wouldn't apply that to her eighteen-year-old who's eating her out of house and home because he's, you know, growing and just eating a lot. But you know, here we are, we're applying it to a small child who is consuming a lot less than one of her older children might be consuming. and But, but the, based on how much someone eats is not a reason to kill them. Um, based on the, the, you know, based on the fact that they're going to require time and energy is not a reason to kill them. Yeah. Um, most, most pregnancies are based on two people wanting to be together. And so the fact that the pregnancy took place it's already, it's already, you know, the, the, the mom, that, that person is already a mom. She's already pregnant. And it's not like we can, ending the pregnancy is a way of saying ending the life of the child who, yeah. it's like, well, essentially we're, the pro-choice argument is arguing to support m- mothers in, in ending their offspring's life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's, that definitely falls into that evil category more so than the tragic I can see where you're coming from there. Yeah, it's like 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 I view it differently, but like what you're saying is not ridiculous. It make and I totally get why someone would genuinely believe it. Yeah. Um. And 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 I, so what, when it comes to abortion, do you think all abortions are okay, or certain abortions are okay, and certain abortions are not okay? How would you define where you stand in this? So like actually like and I think you're already kind of showing the consequences of my logic here. Uh, by extending it to toddlers, like, right? And, yeah. like, I'm not sure if it goes as far as that, but I will say that, like, every argument I said would be completely consistent with being able to kill the baby when he was halfway out of the fetus, out of the, uh, the years. Okay. You know, because, like, everything I said about, like, you know, the, the thing a few months ago still applies now. Like, maybe they might feel a little more pain, but again, it's, like, a few seconds, at worst, over. Right. Um, and so that's bad. Right. And so it's kind of like we've talked about how with you, I think you're pretty okay with abortion in cases of rape, things like that. No, no. Okay. Yeah. And, but at the same time, that's probably under 1%. Yes. So, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to use that as an excuse to justify all the others. <laughs> I'm not going to hold it. But actually I know a speaker. I met him at a conference yeah. a few months ago. His name is, uh, Stephen Thin, and his mom w- was 
gang raped and he is the child that came from that and his story is amazing and i would just say that his life yeah. has great purpose okay and for me just to assume that anyone that would be the product of rape yes would be essentially um diminishing stevenson's um um life and and his name is so unique i don't know anyone else with the name stevenson like it's a very unique spelling I think there's only one on the internet. Only one Stevenson. <laughs> but it's easy to find him. <laughs> he is easy to find. Yeah. Um, but I would just say, like, you know, st- you know, the story of someone who has, yeah, whose mom was in that scenario, and the fact that his life has great value represents a really interesting counter argument yeah. to how many people will just simply say it's okay to kill the child based on the fact that the the dad or the father raped the mother. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, rape and incest. Like, those are the two arguments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing get thrown in there. And they and they get used to justify pro-choice across the board. It's like, okay, that's the margin of the case. <laughs> yeah, where, where, where else do we use the 1% to justify the 99%? And, By Wall Street. Okay, well, I mean, but... <laughs> It's it's logically that it's, it's logically yeah we're using the exception to justify the majority exactly and I would even argue that the exception can be used to at least argue the exception but maybe we should focus on right in, instead of complicating things beyond um yeah and we, we could probably use the normal case yeah to argue for the normal case right exactly and like I think like I've seen Stephen Crowder who's also pro life talking about how he's like fine i will accept all those marginal cases R- you know abortion after rape and incest fine no problem danger to the mother fine no problem i will grant you that collective one or less percent of the cases now let's talk about the other 99 that doesn't work i not you know but it's like yeah but let's separate those two which is what whereas a lot of pro-choice like to inflate them and impede them treat them all as this big one big amorphous package that, that that's a package deal um yeah like there's cases of uh forced abortion such as, um, you know, someone, let's say someone's being sex trafficked and yeah. they are, they got impregnated by, you know, by having a pimp forcing them to have sex 15 times a day. And they're, they're being, you know, they're using the abortion as a way of treating, you know, so they can get back to, you know, back to being used in the sex trafficking world. And, and there's like, there's, you know, there's 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 so many layers of issues with some some scenarios where we really need to focus on the woman getting out of that entire space and provide you know and finding healing and there's a lot there's other issues that are you know really important to address um, and like that that's really hard to consider and think about like but at the same time then there's Stevenson who was born and his mom was in a terrible situation but yet his life still has this amazing value even though. The circumstances of his conception were horrific. Yes. Um, and in a way, like, it's so, like, obviously I disagree with you on this one, right? But I will say, I even, like, the entire time I've been pro-choice, which has been the entire time that I've had an opinion on it one way or the other, I've always had a certain measure of respect for people that say what you just said, because at least you're being consistent. It's like, the whole thing is, this is an innocent human life. Well, even... Like the fact that his dad or her dad was a rapist, like we're gonna punish her for that or him for that, like that's a so like in a way it's like I re- I appreciate the consistency. Yeah. I see that 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 follows from the beliefs. And I think everyone that is looking to choose abortion, whether it may not be rape, but let's say they have other, you know, they have a lot of complex, like they feel like they have no other choice. Like they feel like 
they they can't afford something. They have to. They have all these plans. They're you know, let's say they're selfish. They have there's something that is driving them to want to choose abortion or feeling like they they must choose abortion. Right. And I think that the, the argument of rape is just one out of many that drives someone to that, that to that conclusion. And I think a lot of it comes from, you know, when Planned Parenthood says, are you ready to be a parent? Well, that's a pretty loaded question because who's really ready to be a parent? Like if you honestly, if you asked all the parents out there who already have kids, were you ready? I would say most parents would say, I wasn't ready, but I'm really glad I did. Like that's, that'd be a common like, answer. Or, or they might say, I was as ready as I reasonably could be. Best case scenario, right? Or I wasn't ready. And it, you know, and God is bigger than me being ready or there's, you know, there's grace. And I, it took me 10 years to figure out how to be a good parent. Like that's Mm -hmm. like, that's a response that I could imagine hearing quite often. Totally. And just because someone's not ready, doesn't, well, the, the reality is, is that they're already pregnant. They're already a mom. And then they're thinking, well, yeah, what Planned Parenthood essentially is saying, you know, you can you can not be pregnant, but in the reality is that they're already pregnant. Like the stop pregnancy would happen before pregnancy, not mm-hmm. to end it in the middle is a way of having an abortion or killing. Okay. Um. So I'm I'm gonna praise you about one thing. Um. But before I do that, like yeah, like I I've been I've been being very complimentary to you this whole time, and so I know there's some pro-choicer out there who hates me right now <laughs> because I'm not because I'm not destroying you and I'm being way too nice to you. So, you know, I, I will just restate, you know, like my position is based on like, I, essentially, I guess it boils down to what will create the most human well-being with the least human cause cost. And for that reason, to me, the answer is pro-choice. But what I will say here, and here's the, here's the compliment for you, is one of the big criticisms uh, from pro-choice people, particularly pro-choice people on the left, is you Republican, conservative Christians... You only care about the baby when it's in the womb. Once it's born, you're on your own. You don't want to help them. You don't. You, you want low taxes. You don't have to pay for anyone else's stuff. Well, you work for a pregnancy a crisis we, center. We do. We work for. Well, we, well, I have a company that works for stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like if you try and say, well, you know, if you were to go to the, uh, let's say, the um, an anti-cancer group, and you told them, well, you need to also fix. You know, why aren't you fixing poverty? Why aren't you fixing world, you know, world hunger? I mean, but I get the point of the pro-choicers because it's like, you want to force me to have a child I don't want, and then you don't want to help me with the child. You are not that. You are, like, your organization is, like, basically, doesn't it basically amount to saying, we understand it's hard to have a child when you're nowhere near ready. We're here to help you. Yeah, so so pregnancy centers will provide parent free parenting classes. Right. They provide free resources while someone's pregnant, like uh, ultrasound yes. and pregnancy tests and and counseling. Yeah. They also will provide usually um, like if someone takes a parenting class, they earn what's called mo- you know, mommy bucks, which they can then spend in the store to buy clothes. Yeah. Um, cribs, uh, materials, diaper. You know, they get they can get free diapers and formula. And that's, but usually, but the whole point of these pregnancy clinics is to help people that are currently facing a crisis because they're yeah. looking to choose abortion because they think they have no other choice. Yeah. But then these other services are secondary, but they're often provided. Right. Um, but they're not the focus of the work. The focus is to sort of like help the, 
you know, the mom who's experiencing this burning building scenario and they're trying to help her get out before they try and help her with the next steps. And I do appreciate you guys coming in to say, look, we don't want you to do this, but we're going to help you get through the difficulty. Like that's noble, I think. Yeah. And, and there's, yeah. And there's, and I would just say that when it comes to helping people down the road, um, people who are pro-life would, you know, love to help someone with whatever they can. I mean, that's part of, that's part of just doing what we're called to do. Um, and very often that sometimes might mean connecting someone with a community of people who they can then lean on and also eventually help others with, you know, being the support eventually. And that's, that's the thing is most people, I, I, well, a lot of people these days, they don't have a good community. Like if, if a woman in this church, our church, were to become accidentally pregnant tomorrow and didn't want to have, didn't, you know, wanted to have the baby, but was just terrified because maybe she's 20 and is nowhere near ready. Like she's got a whole community of people here that are going to support her. And, but like this church is a special place. Like the level of, it's like a big family. Like people, like we spend three hours, three and a half hours together every Sunday because we do sermon, then we talk and eat together for like two hours. Like we actually genuinely know each other. But if you don't have that, good word. Yeah. And, and it, it, yeah, I would just say that every community, it's just good to spend time and to know each other. Yes. And, and it, it's also good to ask for help instead of thinking like, you know, I have no other choice. I would just really, you know, hope that when someone's in that situation, they would think who could help me or who could I yeah. ask? Cause just asking someone is a huge step towards finding that help. Yeah. Um, just, just making someone else aware that there's a need. Yeah. Will, give that person an opportunity to respond positively or in yeah. a helpful way. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And there's a lot of people who would love to help. And I like, they're just, they just don't know. You know it's hard. It's hard to help someone when you're not aware of how to help them. Well, one of the most amazing things in my opinion about our church is that it's, it's almost like there's this built in assumption that everyone in this building is broken <laughs> in some way or other. That's grief. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I would be exhibit a in that. <laughs> um, but, um, that'd be exhibit B like, like, I don't know. Like, I've been in this church now for like a year and a half close to me, not almost. Sure. And I think in that time I've probably seen, I don't know, five people break down into tears in the middle of a sermon. You know, a sermon is given and it really touches a nerve with them. And then they'll like make a comment after during the question answer comment period. And they will break down in tears. Like it doesn't happen often, but it'll happen a few times a year. And they don't lose face. Like it's like you can do that here and feel very comfortable while you're doing it. Because you know that like people are not going to think less of you. They're going to actually come talk to you after it. You know, and then check up on you later. It's like, how are you doing? How's the problem? Like, you know, from a, a month ago. It's a really good thing. Yeah. And I think that a lot of that stems from the leadership providing examples of being vulnerable and and sharing uh, authentically um, with who they are, right. which allows other people to not feel embarrassed when they also share authentically and show themselves as vulnerable. Um, so I was on this, I was on the Planned Parenthood sidewalk uh, three days ago. Okay. And there was a lady that came up with a sign saying, I am Christian and I support safe abortion. Okay. And so I had a conversation with her. Well, I'd like to call it a conversation, but we may not have really hurt each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll call it a conversation for argument. You were talking at each other, not to each other. <laughs> I would have. Yeah. I, and I would say I did. I am thinking about some of the things that she said. Yeah. However, I don't know if she's thinking about anything that I said. 
it didn't feel like it, I had penetrated her her mind space very well. Right. But um, one of the things that she said was, um, "Aren't you happy that all aborted babies go to heaven?" And it felt like it, the argument was, "Right, because they died innocently." Her hits. Well, and they, yeah, they, like, aren't we doing them a favor? We're guaranteed. That was her argument. Yeah, yeah. in pro-abortion was, "Aren't you glad that they're going yeah. to heaven?" And and, uh, and honestly, I am I am glad that aborted babies go to heaven. However, in Romans it says, um, uh, "Don't don't sin or don't excessively sin, just so that you can have additional grace, or you can you know, ask Jesus to forgive that sin too. Because if you do sin, there's grace and forgiveness for those who believe in Jesus. But at the same time, we're we're not supposed to go and just sin extra, you know." Yeah. commit additional extra sins just because they can be forgiven. And I felt like that she was using, you know, what she was saying is, don't you think it's okay to sin and kill these babies because they're going to heaven and don't you want them to go to heaven? And so I felt like it was a very twisted um, uh, comment to make. And I felt like it was intentionally, you know, well, I guess she's trying to use your religious faith against you. Uh, like, I would say you know, it is yeah. not a bad argument actually. Like, like I, I got, like I could see that. Like, I could see, I could have seen myself saying that as an atheist. So yeah, I don't begrudge her for that argument. Yeah, and I, but, I know that she was, you know, taking it and like trying to like you know poke me right there in the side, trying to cause me just enough annoying. Pain. You know, so she was being kind of vindictive about it. Like she wasn't talking to you like we're talking right now. Like he wasn't friendly. We didn't know each other before. That's you know, and it, it was the it was the it was minute one. <laughs> there was no common ground to be established at all. Zero common ground. If anything, I felt like she we were not of common ground because I felt like her, her sign was blatantly um, f- full of false beliefs. Yeah. Like it, it didn't feel like it was genuine or being authentic. I felt like it was designed to attack. I don't think I told you about this story, but I, I was in Seattle a few months ago. I think you knew about that. Okay. And um, so when I was there, I came across two Planned Parenthood kind of canvassers. Okay. One of them really annoyed me. The other one I was totally fine with. And bear in mind, it's like I'm pro-choice, but I just don't like propaganda and dishonesty. Okay. Right? No matter what side. And I actually, in a way, I hate it more when it's on my side because it's like you're making my side look bad now. Um, so the one that I did, the one that I didn't mind was like her pitch to me and my friend as we walked by was, do you have a minute to talk about how to, you know, protect our rights? She's a woman. Right. So I'm like, uh, I was just, we were just like, nah, we're busy or whatever, but I got no problem with that. That I think is an honest point. What was was the argument again? She just simply said, do you have a minute to talk about how how to save our rights? Like save our rights, women's rights. Like it was something roughly like that. The, I had no problem with that. The one I had a problem with was the one where it's like, do you have a minute to talk about saving our health care? I'm like, what are you, Bernie Sanders? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, 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 like I, I even though I was pro-choice, uh, part of me actually wanted to say, like, I literally wanted to say this. Yes, I'm all about from, um, protecting the health care of the unborn. How can you and I team up to save the unborn? Like, I just wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to respond with basically with sleep uh, with like douchery with douchery but i I didn't do it but uh i wanted to yeah and i can uh, and i would agree that you know healthcare, it doesn't to me choosing abortion um would be more would be more authentic to call it the opposite of healthcare than to call it healthcare. i would say that women's rights is closer to you know the woman's right to her own body well, her body and the baby's body, but let's just yeah. You know, I would I would say that that's yeah you know, her right to um to legally 
you know, the legal right yeah. is is more uh, is more um, closer to truth. Yeah, it's more of a truthful way of calling it. Whereas healthcare, usually healthcare says we're going to save as many patients as possible. We're we're going to not encourage any patient to do harm. We're not going to do any harm to any of our patients. Like that would be like yeah. the Hippocratic oath of, which is no longer practiced because of abortion, but the Hippocratic oath of saying we're not going to cause harm to our patients. And and so healthcare, I feel like, should reflect the Hippocratic oath. But in reality, in today's world, it doesn't really reflect. It, it probably reflects money in many instances more so than actually trying to help every patient within the uh, the, under the authority of a certain doctor. But I, I do think it's very easily possible to to make, like, a, a case for abortion that actually is quite on the whole humane. Like, I think I've done that. Um, you might not agree. That's, you probably don't. That's that's why we're... Yeah, that's, no, that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um... Yeah, was... Would you hand me that tea behind you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, so what, what were you going to say? You, uh... Yeah, is there any... Well, so... I don't. I feel like we're kind of just uh, like it seems like it's winding down. But um, is there anything you we haven't said that yet that you think we should um, or talk about? Well, you did mention you know the, the the woman's rights to her own body, right? And and that's a that's a complicated thing because the can can a woman have two hearts? Can a can a woman have? Um, you know, essentially, when when there's a body inside of her body that has different DNA, and 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 different organs, is that real? I mean, it is. She is um, helping that body develop. Yeah, and and so the the response to that by a pro-choicer would generally be, it's like, look, um, you don't have a right to commandeer my body. Sorry, my body, not yours. You don't have a right to siphon off resources for me if I don't want you to. That's what they would say, and 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 I do think that's a fair argument. But yeah, yeah, and in situations like that, maybe, yeah, that's it. Um, that's a really interesting. Yeah, I would say well, it's still not right to kill, and it would also say, um, in mo- in ninety nine percent of the situations, the woman had consensual a consensual relationship. Which resulted yeah. in her getting pregnant, and and um, it's it's not right to kill, and it's it's sort of part of all of us started off as a fetus, and or all of us started off as you know in that beginning um, as a zygote, like a single cell, yeah. you know, beginning, and all of us were in that growth stage to our current point, and for us to say what's well, okay for you to kill someone else, I think is at some levels, um, not really fair for us to say that about someone else when we here we are enjoying air, enjoying many birthdays, and we're saying, well, someone else doesn't have to have all, you know, doesn't have to have that opportunity because her mom has other priorities. Even as a pro-choicer, I've always respected those T-shirts that say something like it's like you get it for like a baby, and it says, "Now that I'm alive, I'm pro-choice." Or now that I'm out of the womb, I'm pro-choice. Like it basically it, it points out exactly what you just said, and I'm like, yeah, that's a clever point. Um, yeah, but you know, I was gonna say, well, so so here's it's like okay, this is like I think this conversation is it's second to best case scenario. Best case scenario is that one of us actually changes his mind. 
that's best case. But but like it's second best. We neither one of us have moved. I don't think, but we're fine with each other, and and that's good. That's not you're not gonna find that on so, too much. Yeah. So what's the common ground that we have? Maybe that would be a because I I know that we you know, here we are we're, we're yeah. talking about the differences and maybe trying to convince each other, but. Um, well, I think we both see the other person's side as having validity to it, even if we ultimately, it's like, it's like, it's like, if you value two things, like, like if you, if, if we both value apples and oranges, but you value apples above oranges and I do the vice versa, like, it's like, we're both still valuing the same thing. It's not like, I think you have no point whatsoever. It's just that, like, if you make me choose between apples and oranges, I have to make a choice. Uh, and it, it's a forced choice situation here. Yeah. Um, but it's, what was I going to say? Um, Gosh, yeah, go on. I, I look. Yeah, yeah, and I guess I would say that um, trying to trying to convince someone um, without knowing, you know, a, a lot of us have like these these roots for why we believe something today, and to come in and have a conversation. Um, I, for, well, first of all, I would say yelling doesn't help persuade people. Listening and trying to genuinely understand where someone is is really hard to do. Yeah, but I think that's a a more reasonable approach to understanding how to help someone, you know, maybe, you know, understand where they stand and then trying to understand a way to, you know, persuade them in a way that's positive and helpful and not um, belittling or, or, or um, uh, yeah, just trying to do it in a healthy or positive way. Um, but, and I think it's really good for people to be able to talk about it because very often yeah. people will, um, you know, on t- topics like this, the conversation will not take place. And I feel like that's almost like this is where conversation really needs to take yeah, place. Exactly. And, and among people that have relationships that go beyond the current disagreement. Uh, I remembered what I was going to say. So remember earlier I was alluding to, you know, like you, you do have a point about the issue of like, where's the line of continuity? Why is it not okay to kill a, a toddler? For yeah. some reasons, right? For example, and so I guess it's this is one of those things where, um, like, you have a position that you're very committed to, and so do I. And both positions, like, ne- neither one of them needs you, requires you to be stupid or ignorant or evil to believe it. Like, it's it's not hard for either one of us to make a case for the other. Um, but it's like you can't not to poorly chosen pun, but we can't really split this baby. Like, you would not be happy if we said, okay, like, every time someone wants an abortion, we'll flip a coin. And if it's heads, they get to have the abortion. If it's tails, it doesn't. I wouldn't be happy with that either. So how do we have a situation here where one of us doesn't get everything we want and the other one gets totally nothing? Because that's a dangerous situation. That's going to create resentment and hostility and hatred, which is bad for both of us. That's where things like compromises come into place. Like, that's where I think, like, you know, limiting abortions to early trimesters, uh, like the first or maybe, I don't know, like certainly not late abortions unless it's like safety of the mother or like safety of, you know, the infant is showing signs of like, you know, it won't live long kind of thing. Because it's like, if, if I push for like abortion right up to the moment of birth, basically, I'm showing you no respect at all. I'm showing you no sympathy. I'm showing you that I don't give a crap about how you feel at all. Well, how are you going to feel about that? Yeah, and I would say that compromise, since we live in a world yeah. where some people, on the scale of negative 10 to positive 10 or, you know, that scale, yeah. we have people that would fit into all of those numbers. Yes. And especially, you know, 
especially in that middle zone of like negative five to positive five, like that would be a very populated area for a large number of people in our country. And then zero, like right in the middle where they're, you know. Undecided, just completely ambivalent. Undecided, but maybe, you know, maybe like that would be the person that would say it's okay in the case of um, rape and incest, but I'm against other abortions that are past like six weeks or 10 weeks. See, I, I would still, I would put them on the pro-life side more. Really? <laughs> Just because it's like... It's, it's, yeah, because to me, I would put that, at, I'd put that more in the middle because they're supporting abortion yeah, to, yeah. to someone's a few weeks earlier. Like, what if I said, Ron, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with someone, you know, protecting your life today, but yeah. a few weeks earlier, I don't know. <laughs> like, that wouldn't make any sense. Like, that, that, I think intellectually that's dishonest just to say, well, you're now old enough to be protected. <laughs> like, like... How is someone different just because they're five weeks earlier? Like that's that sort of to me that feels very intellectually. Well, so I, I guess so. The so, so I guess you're kind of you're kind of commenting on my whole like you know let's limit it to a certain stage of the pregnancy. Yeah. The thing is, yeah, I realize that that's one of those things where it's like it is not perfectly consistent with my position, and it's also not perfectly consistent with yours. Yeah, our, our positions are irreconcilable. I think, and so I'm willing to to like have a suboptimal um solution for myself because I know that I have to cooperate with you. Well and I and that's why I believe compromise is important. It's, essentially I would say compromise is important because if we can save more lives by compromising yeah. than by not, then we should compromise to save the most number of lives. However, I would also say it's I'm also not gonna be settled or um feeling like where you know the conversation is done because I feel like there's more to do. So like let's say you know I'm trying to buy a car and I yeah. you know I'm trying to get the price lower, and so you're you're selling a car for you know a hundred dollars. That's a terrible car. <laughs> you know, and I go to you and say how about fifty, and then yeah you say all right what if we cut it in the middle seventy five? Well then I might say well let's yeah I might I'm gonna keep pushing it lower. You're gonna keep pushing it higher, but in the end, um. We're essentially revisiting this car being sold back and forth, I think, when it comes to making laws and trying to negotiate it closer to the direction that we want it mm-hmm. to be. And it's a lot different than money. Like, 100 bucks is no big deal, but we're talking about lives. Yeah. You're talking about a lot of lives yeah. that are in every single community, every single state, or, you know, across our country. And our country really makes up a small amount of the abortions that take place globally. Like, you know, there's China and India and there's some places that have just horrific abortion situations where there's a lot of forced abortion. Yeah. Oh. People choose, they choose abortion based on the sex of the baby because if it's a girl. Yeah, yeah. You know, a, a Chinese family will often choose abortion because they want the family name to continue. Right. Or right. India, if it's a girl, they'll choose abortion because it's almost like getting a debt. Whereas if they have a boy, a boy, and when the boy and a girl get married, the boy's family gets a dowry which makes it so it's almost like winning the lottery because they get money. Gosh, I wouldn't be surprised if that dynamic flips. Like if, if if India and China, just not to be crude, but just turn into these massive sausage fests, every time there's a young, marryable girl, every guy in town is going to be swimming. He's a lot more boy <laughs> Yeah, girls. Because... Yeah, then, then you'll you'll have boys and their parents like trying to like, you know, buy, you know, like somehow make themselves rise above their, their competitors to get and i would think that that represents common ground for someone in the u.s because I, I would think that anyone who's pro-choice in the in america would say picking someone based on their gender or you know their sex would be horrific i, I think we could all find common ground there 
that, you know, that would be a terrible reason to choose abortion just based on the fact that someone's a girl or a boy, you know, making letting that decision decide whether or not that person should continue or whether or not they want to try and get pregnant again to get the desired sex. Like, I think a lot, I think a lot of pro-choice people would still be fine with it. I, and, and, and yeah, no, I'm not saying all of them, but I think a lot of them still would be. And like, cause, cause like all the same argument. They would, I don't think, cause that would be, that's sexist at the very definition. Like, I don't think you can be any more sexist. Yeah, I think they, I think they would rationalize it away somehow. <laughs> Which is, that's a good point though, because people who are pro-choice are disproportionately feminist. And so you'd think they, yeah, like from that line of thinking. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you would, yeah, that, that's not a bad point. Or, yeah, and in some saying, bad angle. Yeah, and I would say, you know, having preference over women or men is, yeah. is not desired, but treating them both as remarkable options and not letting, you know, letting that, yeah. whether someone's a boy or, you know, as a parent, you know, if we have, if I have a boy or a girl in the end, I just, I just hope that my child will have opportunities in the future. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a matter of, you know, boiling them down to demographics. It's a matter of like, they have a future and, and they have life. And I should, I'm just excited to be a part of it. Yeah. Um, but to boil it down, the demographic feels demeaning and sort of, I don't know, just, not good. Fair enough. Well, that's yeah. very consistent with your worldview, and your worldview is completely defensible. So fair enough. But I, well, yeah, I think this was a good conversation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, uh, I want to. I appreciate you coming on here and having this. Yeah, for both of us to be able to talk about things, and and so I, I definitely will post this on my YouTube channel too. Uh, I think it was really useful. Yeah, and I'll, I'll look forward to yeah reading some of the comments that people yeah. people share. I think it'd be interesting to hear what they say. Uh, <laughs> I'll get some. I'll get some pushback on both sides, I would expect. And I'm not sure what your audience looks like, but... Yeah, I'm still learning them. I think I might title the video something like Pro-Choicer and Pro-Lifer Own Each Other. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> All right, man. Awesome. A lot of fun. Our sponsor for this episode is irapture.com. So is your social presence old and stale? Do you lack the time and resources to publish fresh content? Well, iRapture.com loves life and does the legwork for pregnancy clinics. Reach your abortion-vulnerable audience with strategic content marketing. Tap into our 22 years of experience today. That's I-R-A-P-T-U-R-E.com. Supporting our sponsors like iRapture.com supports the Pro Life Team podcast. Thank you.